Lord God, would you show us this perfect blessedness? Would you show us what is truly good? And would you shape our hearts to love what you tell us is good? Work in us by your spirit through your word now we pray so that we may love what you love, that we might hate what you hate, that we might be shaped to be more and more like our saviour Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Mm. My life is a, a constant battle with hunger. <laughs> Janice can confirm that for you. Well, this week I lost the battle. Confession time. Uh, last week in the kids' talk, you might remember I had a big packet of Mars bars. Well, on Wednesday this week, while I was working here in the office, I found that packet of Mars bars. <laughs> I was a bit hungry, so I ate one. And then I ate another one. And then they were all gone. <laughs> By the time I got to the end of that packet, I felt terrible. I had a headache from all the sugar. I, I felt dehydrated. I just couldn't drink enough water. Like, I really felt sick. And on top of the physical badness, I felt emotionally bad. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. I, I felt weak. I felt defeated. Eating a whole bag of Mars bars is, in a word, unsatisfying. And clearly by the time I got to like the fifth or the sixth one, I wasn't hungry, hungry anymore. It wasn't necessity that drove me to eat another one. But for whatever reason, I kept going back to that packet, craving something that I never got. You see, I've been conditioned to seek satisfaction in the short-term high that sugar offers, even though I'm constantly disappointed by the results. Now, why am I telling you this? It eases my guilt. That's why. <laughs> no, the reason I'm telling you this, in fact, possibly the reason that I even ate them during the week was so that I could illustrate this sermon. No, it's not the reason. Uh, but... What we see in today's passage, in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, is that my experience with the packet of Mars bars is just like the cravings and desires that we experience in this life. See, all of us have a hunger, a craving, an all-consuming desire for satisfaction in this life. Things that we dream about, things that we long for, Things that we lose sleep over if we don't have them. And we each turn to different things to try and satisfy that hunger. Uh, you might be seeking satisfaction in life through power and through control. You might be seeking satisfaction through pleasure. You might be seeking satisfaction through achievement, through recognition, through love. You might be seeking satisfaction through money and possessions. But friends, today Jesus holds out to us <coughs> the offer of something better. Today Jesus offers you the only thing that will actually satisfy you. 
Because all the other things that we crave for, that we long for, that we seek satisfaction in, well, they're all like a packet of Mars bars. They they look good. They look enticing. They hold out the offer of satisfaction. But they'll never deliver what we want. But the good life, the blessed life, says Jesus, is the life that hungers and thirsts what God says is good. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Well, last week we began looking at these beatitudes that Jesus speaks in Matthew 5. These eight statements of blessing where Jesus describes for us the good life that we can enjoy when he is our king. And the thing that defines this blessed life in Jesus' kingdom is righteousness. Now, righteousness simply means to be right. But in the Bible, we'll find kind of two different aspects to righteousness. Uh, There's legal righteousness and there is moral righteousness. Uh, So legal righteousness is where we are innocent before God. When we stand trial in God's courtroom and he declares us not guilty. That's legal righteousness. It's legally being right with God and none of us have it. (laughs) It's foreign to us uh, because no one is righteous. Not even one. See, we're all guilty of sin. Uh, But the wonderful news that we celebrated just here at Easter, that we celebrate every week really, is that when Jesus took the legal punishment for our sin, God credited Jesus' righteousness to us. 2 Corinthians 5 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's legal righteousness. But righteousness also has a moral sense. Righteousness is right living, doing the right thing. And so to live righteously means to actually do good things. Just a little bit later in his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about giving to the poor as an act of righteousness. But what we need to see is that these two kinds of righteousness, the legal righteousness and moral righteousness, they go hand in hand. Because we've been made legally righteous, we can now live morally righteous lives. That's what righteousness is. And in his Beatitudes, Jesus teaches us that the blessed life is all about righteousness. He starts off, and we considered this last week, the blessed life begins when you are poor in spirit. That's when you realize that you don't have any righteousness of your own. But when we admit our sin, when we mourn our guilt, when we humbly ask for Jesus' forgiveness, Jesus will give us his righteousness. It's counted as ours. So the good life begins when we recognize our lack of righteousness. At the end of the Beatitudes, Jesus tells us that we are blessed when we're persecuted for the sake of righteousness. And right here in the middle... Jesus says that the blessed life, the good life, 
is the life that hungers and thirsts for righteousness. The satisfied life, the best life that we could live, is the life that seeks satisfaction in being right with God and living a godly life. But what I want us to see this morning is that righteousness is not what we hunger for by default, is it? I don't know about you, but when you wake up in the morning, is the thing that gets you out of bed, the thing that makes you want to tackle the day, is a desire to be righteous. Is it your relationship with God, the righteousness that Jesus gives you, that defines you? Or are you actually craving something else? Like me with the packet of Mars bars, hunger is selective. Now, you'll know that if you've ever stood in front of a full fridge or a full pantry and said, there's nothing to eat. You've all done it, haven't you? You could be standing at all the ingredients of a three-course meal and you go, there's nothing to eat. What you mean is there's nothing that you want to eat. Or you could be having dinner. Maybe you're at a friend's house, they've offered you a dinner, you finish the meal, they offer you more and you say, oh, I couldn't possibly eat anything else. And then dessert gets brought out and all of a sudden you find that you can in fact eat plenty more. Hunger is selective. Well, just as our physical appetite for food is selective, our deepest longings and cravings are selective. Which is why in this room, the people here are probably living for, pursuing different things in life. We're each convinced that something different will satisfy us. But one person will be driven to pursue love and think that in love they'll find satisfaction, while another person will be driven to pursue success in business. One person wants nothing more from retirement than to sit by the pool and relax, while another person wants nothing more from retirement than to explore the world. We're each convinced that different things will satisfy us, and so we each hunger for different things in life. It's here that we see that hunger is not only selective, it's also deceptive. See, just as I can believe that sugar will make me feel good, even though it actually makes me feel terrible, so many of the things that we crave in life, well, they fail to satisfy us. And we see that really clearly when we look at other people. You look at the things that people around you, maybe neighbours in the street, look to for satisfaction, look, for, look to for purpose in life. And you'll see people that are seeking satisfaction, seeking pleasure in things like drugs and alcohol. And you'll look at it and go, what are you thinking? You'll look at it with the friend who ignores all the warning signs and keeps seeking love and intimacy with terrible people. You'll see it in the friend that's putting money into gambling. Last year, Australians put $200 billion into pokey machines. That averages out around $10,000 per adult. Every man and woman in this country could put $10,000 
into a machine that is programmed to make you lose in the search for satisfaction. See, we can look at what other people are looking, looking for satisfaction in and think that's stupid. Hunger is deceptive. But what we also need to see is that so many of the things that we seek satisfaction in too are deceiving us. There's not just the obviously bad things that are deceiving us. We can easily be, de- be deceived into thinking that good things like love and marriage, work and money, leisure and comfort. We can be deceived into thinking that these will truly satisfy us. But the satisfaction we can get, even from the very best earthly thing, is nothing compared to what Jesus offers us. Jesus says, if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we will be filled. When we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we'll be satisfied, we'll be happy, we will live the good life. And that's because you and I were created for righteousness. We were made to live in relationship with God. That's why in the Garden of Eden, God walked with Adam and Eve. There was a relationship there. We were made for that. We were made to enjoy him forever. And we were made to live his way. The life of righteousness is satisfying. It is the good life. And so the question is, are you hungry for it? Does life with Jesus as your king Does life lived in obedience to his commands? Does that life actually appeal to you? Are you hungry for it? And I think that for many of us today, we are hungry for righteousness in the same way that we're hungry for a healthy diet. We know it's good for us. But if you let us choose between a plate of vegetables and a plate of chocolate, well, we take the chocolate. In the same way, we know that Jesus is good, don't we? We know that living his way is better. We know it in our heads. We know that the future that, he, that awaits those who are in Christ is better than anything else that we'll enjoy here on earth. We know righteousness is good for us. But we still like to binge on unrighteousness. And so the question is, how do we get hungry for righteousness? How do we grow a desire for the things of God when we constantly think that we can be satisfied with the things of the world? Well, the answer is that we need to train our hunger. And this brings us to our third point. Hunger is selective, hunger is deceptive, but hunger is also receptive to training. See, studies have shown again and again and again that with physical hunger, with physical appetite, our tastes are required. The things we enjoy eating are the things that we've learned to enjoy eating. And so if you want to enjoy eating something that you don't currently enjoy, well, you simply need to eat more of it. You need to acquire the taste. You need to grow your hunger the reason I enjoy drinking coffee now. I never used to. 
the first coffee I had tasted like poison and I kept drinking it and now I actually really enjoy it. It's why I eat vegetables now. It's why I eat pizza now. As a kid, I hated pizza. Now I actually enjoy these things because I've trained myself to enjoy them. I've, I've accustomed to them. The only way I'll ever enjoy eating healthy food more than I enjoy eating Mars bars is to eat more healthy food. And it's the only way that you will ever hunger for righteousness more than you hunger for the pleasure and for power and for praise. If you want to grow hungry for righteousness, you need to be trained to love righteousness. You need to acquire the taste. And there is only one way that that will happen. And it's not through your effort. It's not through something that you can do. It is only through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit that you will be trained to love righteousness. We need God to give us new hearts which love him more than anything else. We need him to change what we love. And so, friends, if you're someone here this morning who hasn't turned to Jesus for forgiveness, who hasn't turned to Jesus to receive his gift of life, let me invite you to do that today. Because you can spend the rest of your life seeking satisfaction here on this earth, and I can assure you that you will not find it. You will always crave more. You will always seek more. You will always feel a little disappointed in what you have. You'll get what you want and then you'll realise that it's not as good as you had hoped. But friends, if you accept Jesus' gift of righteousness, if you take hold of right relationship with your Creator you will be satisfied. You will get to enjoy him now and you get to look forward to an eternal life where you will enjoy him forever, where every longing of your heart will be filled in him. So turn to Jesus today. Find satisfaction in him today. But if you're already a follower of Jesus, if you've already accepted that gift of righteousness, well, well, training ourselves to hunger for righteousness is still something that we participate in. It's still something that we do. It's God who changes our hearts, and yet he also gives us tools, gives us ways that we can be trained in righteousness, where we can grow a hunger for it. And so the best way for us to train ourselves to love God is to submit to habits of devotion. I don't know if you realise it, but regularly attending church is actually shaping your appetite for God. Regular prayer grows a hunger for God's will to be done in your life. Reading your Bible trains you in righteousness. In fact, that's what Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.16. He says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. 
So friends, if you want to grow an appreciation for the righteousness that God has gifted you in Christ, well, submit yourself to spiritual practice. Well, in the same way, if you want to grow an appreciation for godly living, well, the best way that we can do that is to experience it, to, to do it. <laughs> Offer help to someone this week and then notice the way that God grows your desire to help others. Go and serve others instead of serving yourself and then notice your love of self slowly fade. Why not make a commitment to give sacrificially, to give generously of your money? Because no one ever believes that there is joy in giving until they actually do it and find that there is joy in giving. Because in his goodness, God has designed us to delight in good things, to enjoy good things. And so if we immerse ourselves in the practice of righteousness, sooner or later we will start to find satisfaction in righteousness. We'll actually start to enjoy it. Now that doesn't mean it will always be easy. Because in fact next week we're going to consider the end of the Beatitudes where Jesus says it is good to be persecuted for the sake of righteousness. It's not always going to be easy. But we're playing a long game here. A sugar addict doesn't find satisfaction in healthy food overnight. And sinners like us who have developed a taste for earthly pleasures are not going to be satisfied with the delights of heaven overnight either. We need God to grow our delight in him. We need his spirit to renew our love so that we hunger and thirst for righteousness. And we as a church need to remind each other that we're living not for this world, but for a new creation, for the new heavens and the new earth where righteousness dwells. And so friends, what's on the menu this week? Will you immerse yourself in the experience of your righteousness so that you might indeed taste and see that the Lord is good? Will you experience the love of Jesus and grow your love for Jesus through the spiritual habits of prayer, of Bible reading, of fellowship with other believers? Will you immerse yourselves in the practices of righteousness as you seek justice, as you love mercy, as you show kindness and sacrificially love your neighbour? Will you seek first Jesus' kingdom and his righteousness and enjoy the satisfaction that it brings? Friends, will you grow a hunger and thirst for righteousness and in Jesus find perfect fulfillment? Why don't you join me in asking God to grow your hunger today? Let's pray. Our Father, we know in our heads that you are good. We know in our minds that living your way is best. But Lord, we are hungry for so many other things. 
We crave and desire our own glory. We crave satisfaction in so many things that don't offer it. Lord, would you give us new hearts? Would you renew us by your spirit so that we actually love you more? Would you give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness? And would you show us just a glimpse of the satisfaction that we will enjoy in eternity, where we live with you in perfect relationship, where we enjoy right living with you because of the righteousness that you have gifted us in Christ? Lord, change our desires this week. Grow us to love you more, we pray, for the glory of our King and our Saviour. Amen.